Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? Happy Valentine's Day, guys. And happy Galentine's if you guys celebrated it yesterday. That's my favorite holiday. For the gals? For the gals. Is that what that is? Yep. <laughs> we had one useless holiday, and now we made two yep. out of it. <laughs> I appreciate the Galentine's Day one because I honestly rather hang out with my friends. Maybe it's just because I'm still single and lonely <laughs> and alone. It doesn't change when you're married. Yeah. <laughs> So, for our Portuguese listeners, Dia dos Namorados. Mm-hmm. I grew up hearing it that way too. I can't picture like a Portuguese celebration of Valentine's Day. My parents would, you know, they would play in, they were more Americanized and they would play into the whole capitalism you know that car valentine cards and the chocolates and they would give stuff like that to me as i was growing up like they always bought me some kind of little valentine's gift but yeah i just can't picture like my vavu (laughs) given like a a box of chocolates to my vavu so yeah no no way they they wouldn't waste their money on that and they have diabetes to be worried about so they're not getting chocolate (laughs) Did your parents do anything for Valentine's Day together because they were like more Americanized? No. Like, would they like go out to dinner? No. Okay, like, see, my parents didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. I, I mean, it was like during the week, like, yeah. they're working. <laughs> I got it's a school night. Like, they're they're not going out to eat midweek. No, the budget exactly. doesn't allow for that. A <laughs> commuting Gaza. <laughs> All right, and it's food at home to be made, and you can eat at home. Exactly. Should he seen it Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They don't say I love you. Like, I've never heard the words I love you. No. In Portuguese at all. Same. <laughs> They'll say other things. Like, I know they do love me, but like, I've never heard the words like, I love you. No. Te amo. Never. Like, I didn't know the Portuguese way to say I love you until I was, like, grown. Because I had to look it up myself. No, I'm in the same boat with you. I've never had, my parents never said it. Both my parents, I I know they do, for the most part. (laughs) My dad, you know, a little questionable there sometimes. But, but yeah, for the most part, I know they do. But never heard of it. Never heard my grandparents say it. Nothing. No, like, what do they use instead? Like, my, my Vival, like, if I come over, it'd just be like, oh, Kersamaj Lane de Moon. Like, something like that. It would just be like, oh, Marika Planta. She would say <laughs> stuff like that, like, just random shit, but never, like, I love you. Maybe it must be like a generational thing because I'm sure their parents also didn't say it to them. Like, I, I can't see my grandparents. They're all dead now, but I couldn't see my grandparents telling my parents, I love you, right? It's like a learned behavior. Like, it wasn't told to them, so they're not going to tell us. It's just a lack of emotion, really, too. Like, my mom has definitely some emotion because I've seen her cry, like, you know, when my grandparents died, like, her parents. But if you want to count being anxious and emotion as well, that too. (laughs) But, like, my dad, no emotion, like, none. No. Like zero. Nothing. (laughs) No. It's like acts of service is like love for them. So like. Isn't that like a love language? Isn't there a bunch of love languages? (laughs) Yes. So my dad's love language is acts of service. No questions asked. He will do anything for anybody. Love language, acts of service. But like telling somebody that he loves them. Not his love language. (laughs) I would say that's definitely my dad's love language as well. And you can maybe like convince him if there was like a bottle of wine along with it. <laughs> Does he not love you then because he 
did not install the gazebo. He made you install the gazebo. <laughs> you saw those pictures, right? <laughs> the thing was a pain in the ass. No, he doesn't fucking love us because I did it. <laughs> no, no. Like even growing up, I always kind of had to do our own thing. My dad never did any car stuff for my car. Like it was always me. I always took care of that stuff. So acts of service are questionable. <laughs> What all the all love languages like physical touch? That's definitely not one of my dads, and I don't want the physical touch. <laughs> it's just I don't even like barely hug my dad. <laughs> I don't. Know, I just feel like it's like awkward. I don't know. It's just so awkward. I don't know. I don't want my dad to like even walk me down the aisle. I know I hate to say that. <laughs> Is it different because you see them all the time? Maybe. I've moved away, so like I see my parents like not often at all. I see them max once a month if that and so when i do see them we're hugging family now like we hug now when we see each other because we don't see each other often and you guys never used to be no like i when i was living there like he we weren't hugging <laughs> there's no reason to hug <laughs> like you see it on american families on tv like the parents tugging their kids into bed like that that, that doesn't happen with us <laughs> All it didn't happen with me. It was just like go to bed and then I went to bed on my own. <laughs> read a story before bed. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's more like I'm reading my freaking parents' story. This is how you learn English, mom. Amelia Bedelia. Guys, I don't hate my dad. It's just, I don't hate my dad. <laughs> my dad's a great guy. <laughs> just had a rough relationship. Just let's, you know, make that clear the, clear the air a little bit. But yeah, no, I just still don't want my dad to walk me down the aisle. <laughs> I think it's just awkward. It's, it would be awkward for both of us. Like, you got married. Isn't it a little awkward? It was tradition. I had my reasons for keeping that tradition. But, like, I wanted nothing to do with any other traditional wedding type things. Like, that's a whole... that We could do a whole episode about wedding traditions. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Valentine's Day. One day we will get sick of talking about fucked up saints, but that day is not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> we're we're going to bring you some Satan today, actually. Yes. At the end of yes. this episode. I'm so excited. <laughs> Don't let my Portuguese Catholic mom hear me say that. Oh my god, I know. I feel dirty just for saying it out loud. Doesn't it feel wrong? It does. It feels wrong. It does. It does. Did you feel wrong like Googling info about it? Yeah. And like you Yeah. Yeah. You had a little bit of guilt still. I did. Until I read more and I was like, oh, this sounds wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Saint Valentine. It's, again, one of those sketchy stories where nobody's really sure. Kind of like the St. Nick stuff where things are a little little fuzzy on the details. It's kind of like that with St. Valentine. Like, there's, like, different accounts of different men being part of this whole origin of St. Valentine's Day. Yeah. I read two different stories about how it was two guys named Valentine. And on February 14th of... Uh, the different years in the third century, these two guys were executed by the emperor Claudius. Two guys that were executed were honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. That is like one account I found. The other account during the third century, Valentine was a priest in Rome, and the same emperor Claudius announced that single men made better soldiers than those with families and wives. So he outlawed marriage for the young soldiers. So Valentine wasn't okay with it and didn't like it. He started performing secret marriages for people. And when the emperor found out what Valentine was doing, he ordered him to death. And then he became a saint. So both accounts, <laughs> we're not really sure. Again, this was in the third century. We weren't there to witness it. You weren't there to witness it. It's it's so odd to me, too, because like that stuff will happen and it'll be like the first record of anything was a thousand years later. And you're like, 
You're trying to tell me that they kept a story straight for a thousand years before they fucking wrote it down. And I'm supposed yeah. to believe that a thousand fucking... fucking years. You know how many generations that is? Yeah, like the game of telephone. You tell one generation, then the next generation adds a little to it. Take minuses a little bit. The next generation adds a little bit more to it. And then by the time it gets written down, it's a whole other story. This guy was like a priest, and then several generations later, he's a fucking Cupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's in a diaper, shooting arrows at people. Who knows? Like, Do you think he uses pampers? He obviously uses loves. <laughs> I could only think of pampers in my head. <laughs> it's obviously clearly loves that he's wearing. I like that. Cupid was always like a blonde man baby because they don't know how to paint babies. <laughs> man baby. <laughs> it was like a man baby. So Valentine, the key cured some blindness in there, in case you're wondering. He got locked up by the emperor. He was sent to be executed. And like the person who was in charge of like keeping him locked up had like a daughter who was blind. And apparently one of these St. Valentine's men cured her blindness and like converted him to Christianity or whatever it was and became her lover once he cured her blindness or something and sent her letters that said like from your Valentine and like that was like how that whole thing got started supposedly mm-hmm. there's like a hundred different stories told a hundred different ways but that's one of them so many versions of it but yeah so later on it was thought that Valentine's Day was a way for them to replace, basically, the pagan feast that was on that same day, right? Or the next day. It was around the same time there was a pagan feast mm-hmm. that was celebrated. And so this was like, oh, we'll just one-up you and we'll put our St. Valentine's celebration on top of it and we'll change the whole meaning of it so we can kind of like throw your pagan feast under the rug. That pagan feast is called Lupercalia. You can tell me what you read about it, but I read some fucked up shit about it. Big men sacrificed goats and dogs and whipped women with the hides of the animals that they had just killed. And then young women would line up for men to hit them. And they believed this would make them fertile. And this also included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. And then the couple would be coupled up for the duration of the festival or longer if the match was right. So kind of like olden version of maybe a date and app. Like speed dating mixed with Coachella? Coachella, animal sacrifice, and speed dating. <laughs> in Zupacalia. <laughs> oh, okay. The women were consenting in this it seems like they were lining up to get beaten by a goat freshly skinned goat hide i can't confirm or deny that i'm not sure roman times i don't know but we'll just for the sake of the story we'll say they there was consent i don't would they like do you want to get hit though with the animals i don't know crazy time I'm just reading some snippets from Lupercalia. So after the blood sacrifice, these people would approach the altar and their foreheads were anointed with blood from the sacrificial knife, then wiped clean with wool soaked in milk, after which they were expected to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) What? This was like for like the fertility... So I would assume everybody was into this. If you're trying to have a baby. Uh, Yeah, it says many of the noble youths of the magistrates run up and down through the city naked for sport and laughter, striking those they meet with shaggy thongs. And many women of rank also purposefully get in their way. And like children at school present their hands to be struck, believing that the pregnant will thus be helped in delivery and the barren to pregnancy. 
So they also thought it was going to help pregnant women to have thongs cut from the flayed skin of animals and be beaten with them. This is their version of fertility treatment. We've come a long way. Thankfully. Well, actually, there's a variation of this that is celebrated in some degree to some extent by this lovely group that I came across that we mentioned earlier, which said we were going to talk about Satan. It's called the Satanic Temple. (laughs) I don't know if that's the appropriate response. (laughs) So I, I stumbled upon this fully not knowing what to expect. I was like, oh, there's a group called the Satanic Temple that is still celebrating Lupercalia. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I need to figure out like, what are these people into? Like, what is this shit, right? So I clicked it and I was like, okay, they're headquartered in Salem, Massachusetts out of an old funeral home. <laughs> I think my brother went there because I think they allow like the public go. I think part of it might be like a bookstore or a library or yeah. something that you can actually go into. But mm-hmm. so I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, they're headquartered in an old funeral home in Salem, Massachusetts. They're called the Satanic Temple. But then I clicked on it and their mission statement is the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. And I am like, sign me up. That sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wooed them. (laughs) Because it's not what you think that, you know, you think of Satan, it's not what you think it is. And so then you go onto like their website and they're like this whole kind of like activist group fighting for things like abortion rights for women that are being taken away by other religions (laughs) they have like you know a whole paragraph about what they've done and work that they've done and it's all very admirable and then it says they have seven fundamental tenets that they believe all these guiding principles i i went through one through seven i'm like i agree with (laughs) you know like one's body is is subject to one's own will alone People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. I can get with that one. These all sound (laughs) wonderful. Right. It's all things that you should expect that people would do <laughs> it's not asking for a lot no it's like it's like the bare minimum was like obvious right like this is obviously how we should all be behaving like just be a fucking good person it's just wild to me because i'm like wow like if you didn't tell me like if you just gave me these tenants would be like do you believe these things i'd be like absolutely these are all great i believe every mm-hmm. one of them Sign me up. What am I signing up for? Oh, the Satanic Temple. <laughs> Which is different than the Church of Satan. So don't don't be confused because the Church right. of Satan is an actual thing and it's very different and it's weirder, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know too, too much about the Church of Satan. Me neither, but I've heard it's different. On the flip side, if you were to sit there and tell me, okay, these are the tenets that you need to believe in order to be part of the Catholic Church, they're fucking crazy. The shit you need to believe in is like, you need to believe that someone can get pregnant by a spirit. You need to believe, (laughs) you need to believe that people can rise from the dead. You need to believe (laughs) in the last judgment of Christ, the -hmm. church and the internal life of everyone. And I'm like, Okay. Oh, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and then just all the rest of the other things, like you have to wait till you're married to have sex. You can't be gay in a Catholic church. Oh God, what else? 
can't get an abortion. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of like the actual practice of it that's wrong. But even like just their core, that just the bare minimum things that you need to believe as tenants of the Catholic Church, like you need to believe in in the incarnation of of Christ and his resurrection and all that. That's already like out there. Right. And then you right. tack on all this other shit that's like so wildly opposed to just basic human rights. And you're like, oh shit. My whole thing was Mary wasn't married to Joseph, right? I always thought she was like a single lady. All the single ladies. All the single oh, ladies. Hey, that's what I always thought she was single. So if we can't have sex <laughs> before we get married. <laughs> Mary can have a baby unwed. Make it make sense. It sounds like Mary was trying to not get in trouble for being unwed pregnant. She made up some shit, some heavy (laughs) shit to her mother. And her mother didn't want to believe that her sweet little Mary had done wrong. And so... (laughs) So she started the game of telephone. And that's how Jesus was born. <laughs> yeah. Mary just didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> the lengths kids will go to to hide things from their parents? She made up a whole religion just to <laughs> avoid imagine, having a baby out of wedlock. Can you imagine down the road? That's how it like ends up coming out. We end up discovering. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I know, it wouldn't. <laughs> Crazier things have happened, so I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm convinced that if I took this set of tenants from the satanic temple and like the set of Catholic tenants that you need to believe and just like didn't tell people what they were from, there's some giveaways. <laughs> there's some dead giveaways in the church one, but if you didn't know, and you just had those two things set in front of you and you were like, which do you choose to believe? Like, which one resonates more with you? I think 90% of Catholics would pick the satanic one without knowing. I don't want to believe all the yellow ones. I'm like, this is made up. Like, someone just made this all up. This is someone's imagination. Exactly. Exactly. I think it should be a game. I think we should make it up as a board game, like kind of like like apples to apples vibe or something, mm-hmm. where there's like or like cards against humanity, where there's like little cards, and you just kind of like you mix them all up on the back. It either says like angels and or demons. And yeah, you have to guess. You get a set of beliefs, and you have to guess which one it is. Oh yeah, it's not. It's definitely not what you think. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that most people, most Catholics would be picking the satanic one absent what you've been taught like just look at these two things and tell me which one makes more sense if my mom listens to this episode she's gonna send me some holy water in the mail (laughs) i was gonna say she's gonna be pissed at you yeah she's gonna pray for me other than kind of sordid history of valentine's day which everything has a sordid history (laughs) you also looked up and i'm just gonna have to react to these because i did not look them up but what other countries might do to celebrate valentine's day or whatever holiday that they're associating with love right i did a couple of different countries you know i like to tap into other cultures and see what they do so i'll just go through them you give me your reactions you always have great ones oh no pressure no i always feel like you do so my first country is argentina and they call it for a week of sweetness so argentinians don't celebrate valentine's day in february but the week of sweetness is in july it's a day when lovers exchange kisses and receive chocolates and other sweets Instead of one day, it's a week of it, but in July. We're going to talk about this when we get to the mental health segment, but I always feel like I always want to know like the source, like who first came up with it? And like, was it the candy factory? Like, did the candy factory be like marketing? We're going to develop week of sweetness 
selling a bunch of candies. Genius. You know what I mean? And it works. Because <laughs> look at us here. <laughs> it does, but it always pisses me off when you're just like, why do we do the things we do? I know. Can we stop doing that? Well, I guess if you're if you're in a relationship, which I am not, I will just keep clarifying that. How do you not celebrate it? You just don't. I guess unless if you're both in both in agreement, like, hey, we're not doing this. We've been out on cards. So we, we don't do cards anymore. We haven't for a while for each other. You know, like husband and wife, like, oh, let me get you a Valentine's card and you get me a Valentine's card. We don't even do it for like birthdays and shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like for what sometimes, right? So France it is believed that the first ever Valentine's Day card oh. <laughs> came from France when Charles, the Duke of Orleans, sent love letters to his wife from prison in 1415 and the French village called Valentine turns into the epicenter of romance between the 12th and 14th of February. One can see the beautiful yards, trees, and homes decorated with love cards, roses, and proposals. Did you just tell me that Valentine's cards were originally prison love letters? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, yep. Uh, (laughs) Charles, the Duke of Orleans, sent love letters to his wife from prison. And that is the basis for? I believe it's the first ever Valentine's Day card. Wow. Sweet, isn't it? (laughs) So sweet. The way my brain works is I'm like, what was he in prison for? Like, I need to know. Like, I'm going to go look at what he went to Right. If he was a duke. Oh, man. And in 1415, God knows. South Korea. The romantic couples in South Korea celebrate the day of love on the 14th of each month. Oh. The day of roses. Is celebrated in May. The Day of Kisses is celebrated in June. And the Day of Hugs are in December. And this is the best. <laughs> this is my holiday. Single people celebrate the Black Day in April by eating black noodles. Eating black noodles is an appropriate way to mourn your loneliness. Am I really mourning it, though? I'm content. <laughs> I don't think you're mourning it, but black noodles sound fantastic. <laughs> right? In Ghana, February 14th is celebrated as National Chocolate Day. It is a step that the Ghana government took in 2007 to increase tourism in the country. Ghana is among the largest cocoa-producing countries in the world. On the 14th, one can attend performances, music events, and restaurants that have themed menus for the special day. Bulgaria, on the 14th of February... Day of Winemakers is celebrated. Young and old couples celebrate their love with a glass of wonderful local wine. Are they not doing that every night? (laughs) Is it reserved for only the 14th? I just don't understand. (laughs) I know. But again, that's one I can get on board with. You're just drinking wine. You're not going crazy. You're not buying all chocolates, gifts, and whatnot. You're You're just chilling and drinking wine. So in Southwest China, their Sisters Meal Festival is celebrated on March 15th. During the festival, women wear silver accessories and beautiful dresses. They cook various dishes of colored rice that's offered on silk fabric to young men walking on roads. The destiny of the lovelies inside the objects found in the chosen rice are two chopsticks mean love, and the clove of garlic means the love is over before it's even begun. Explain to me how a chopstick is in a grain of rice or <laughs> is it like a bowl of rice? That makes more sense. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that the garlic means love is over before it's even begun. <laughs> that be the story of my life. You just find like a big garlic <laughs> clove in the middle of your rice every time. In Slovenia, St. Valentine is one of the patron saints of spring. It is believed on the 14th of February. Plants start to regenerate as this day marks the first day of working in the field for the new year. There is another popular belief that birds propose to each other on this day. Okay, stop. So I heard, uh, I had heard something about it being February 14th because it was associated with mating of birds. Not birds proposing to each other. That's a whole different level of Sylvester Tweedy shit that is just... (laughs) 
We're going to table that for a minute, but I heard it was <laughs> birds mating. It doesn't make sense because I thought it was already on the 14th because it was associated with the execution of St. Valentine on that 14th <laughs> and the pagan holiday being on the 14th. But then like also they needed to throw in the mating birds in there. Like it just. Uh, right. So it's in order to witness this occasion of birds pro- proposing to each other, one must walk barefoot through fields that are often still frozen. So you got to walk the frozen fields to find these birds proposing to each other. Do you think they're proposing with a ring? (laughs) Like, is he pulling a box out with a ring in it? I'm running visuals through my mind right now. (laughs) Me too. And I'm just (laughs) like... I'm thinking two birds with each other. What is the situation? It's like it's like a little ring made of like twine from like the bird nest, (laughs) like, like a little twig that he's like fashioned into a ring with his beak. And how is he asking her? Or him? <laughs> that is Melissa <laughs> reenacted as a bird. Chirping into the mic. <laughs> I'm sure there's a sound effect I can insert over that <laughs> I when so. I edit, right? <laughs> All right, so my second to last country is Italy. So originally Italians celebrated Valentine's Day at their spring festival. Another Italian Valentine's Day tradition was for young unmarried couples to wake up before dawn to spot their future husbands. Today, Italians celebrate by exchanging gifts between lovers over romantic dinners. So I would have to wake up before dawn to try to find my husband. Not happening. (laughs) Where? Where are you finding him? You're looking out the window? Hey, my parents met through a window. I know, but you're going to look out the window before dawn and you're going to see the guy who's coming to put the cage on your doorknob. And that's it. That's your new lover. Hey, he raises goats and makes goat cheese. I can't complain. (laughs) Right? So my last country is Japan. So on February 14th, women buy gifts and chocolates for their male companions or lovers. Men can't return gifts until March 14th, which is called White Day. Oh, 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 oh. Sometimes I think I'm a moron. In my mind, what I just heard you say was the women buy the men gifts on the 14th, and then the men have to wait until March 14th (laughs) to go return them at the store. And in my head, all I was thinking about was like, what's the return policy? Like, is it more than 30 days? Because he is so screwed. And I didn't realize that (laughs) that you meant like return the favor, like return with different (laughs) gifts to the women. I'm not going to lie. When I first read it, too, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, why are they returning my gifts a month later? Like, what if you get chocolate? You can't return it. You have to wait a month. You have to get the receipt. You have to wait a month. You have to go back. You have to argue with the cashier. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that was what I have for Valentine's Day in other countries. Portugal, I had read up like a little article for Valentine's Day in Portugal. Why you did? Because I didn't. (laughs) It was like same old, same old, you know, but the only two things that stuck out as like you, I I would guess like unique to Portugal was some kind of tradition called Cantarinha dos Namorage. I was trying to figure out what it was, but it looked like it was kind of like a pottery thing. Like, you know, like the classic Portuguese pottery, like the brown, like terracotta looking things like it looked like it was like that. Like, so I don't know if tradition has it that when a boy was willing to make the official marriage proposal, he first offered his girlfriend one of these little things, pantarinas shaped in clay. And then it had also had the function of storing the gifts that the new bride's parents offered during the engagement because it was like. You could put stuff in it. I don't know. It's kind of oh, like okay, those yeah. little like water jug looking things, but it's yeah. like, sh- shaped a little differently. Nowadays, they no longer serve to ask someone to marry, but they assume themselves as guardians of love stories, and they're used for symbolism, not for their initial purpose any longer. So I don't know if any of our listeners have heard of that. These little clay pottery things associated with Valentine's Day or marriage proposals. Yeah. Let us know. I honestly, I didn't even think of Portugal. I just assumed Portugal also <laughs> just 
just assumed there <laughs> yeah. was no love in I Portugal. I just kind of thought they did the same thing here. Just, you know, we grew up with our parents living in the Azores and they never, like, my parents never talked about Valentine's Day. And this, I don't know if this is specifically Valentine's Day marriage. or if this is like for like a marriage proposal thing. So I don't know. But it was talked about in this Portugal article. And then the other tradition was Valentine's scarves. It was like embroidered scarves. It says within the handkerchief were expressed the feelings that invaded their souls. The embroidered scarves were used on Sunday by the girls in love in the skirt or pocket of the apron. Later, each girl offered only to the boy she loved as a commitment to love. They in turn would wear it around their neck or put it in the pocket of their Sunday so kind suit. Kind of like a Letterman jacket. Unless <laughs> to wipe your nerish. Very cute. We don't have those kinds of embroidery skills any longer. It says girls learned to embroider from a young age, but we were not domesticated no. in that way. Definitely not. We were more like we went to school, came home, did our homework. Had dinner and then comma <laughs> and did it again the next day. There was no not learning anything extra on the side. Yeah, I didn't learn any home homemaking no. skills. So I have one more thing that I forgot to mention about the satanic temple that I wanted to talk about before we get into our mental health segment. And that was that when I was on their website, they had a little button there called Satan Con. Like a Comic-Con? Comic-Con and 90s con. They have Satan Con. Obviously, I clicked it. So it said Satan Con 2023 program schedule. And there is like this three-page agenda. Oh, damn. Where is it at? It's not like in Salem, right? It's in Boston. It starts Friday, April 28th, in case anybody's interested. (laughs) Let's just go through like a couple of these. On opening day, we have... The Satanic Panic in Brazil as a 1 p.m. conference topic. (laughs) We have the Satanic Ball that evening, semi-formal, music, cash bar, 7 to 9 p.m. (laughs) 7 to 9? Not a late night. (laughs) No, the devil's in bed by 9. The devil's in bed by 9. Let's see. On Saturday, April 29th. There's a whole bunch of stuff here, but we have deconstructing your religious upbringing at 10:15 a.m. Reclaiming the trans body at 11:30 a.m. Sins of the flesh, Satanism and self-pleasure, 2 p.m. We have Satanism and the Black Indigenous People of Color experience at 4:30. Offsite entertainment announcement coming soon. Stay <laughs> tuned for that. Yet. They're working on it. Sunday, April 30th, they have the Sober Mass. So I'm wondering what that's about. 9 a.m., the Sober Mass. They take out the blood of Christ. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> you have Grisha at this <laughs> con. <laughs> You're still going to Grisha. So then we have Pandemonium, 5,000 Years of Demonology Ooh, at 11.15 a.m. I like that. We have The Devil is in All of You, Changing Face of Satan in Cinema, 12.30 p.m. Digging Up Devils, The Search for a Satanic Murder Cult in 1985 at 1.45 p.m. Do you think that's the Fall River case? I think so. Big Satanic Panic in the 80s. We go into a whole episode on that, by the way. <laughs> that was like in at your high school, Bleachers. It was rumored that poor victim that died from this. It was rumored that her head was chopped off. PMI. Sorry, guys. We need to fast forward. Too late. <laughs> Sorry. That her head was under the bleachers and people were playing soccer with it back then. Back in the 80s. I feel like that's got to be what this is about. I was always so scared to go near those bleachers. So, and then they have a closing ceremony at 3 p.m. So I just needed to go through that with everybody because this is a real thing. I don't a lot. This is some topics that I was interested in. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sap. The demonology. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the cinema. Do I need to charge this to, it's called culture as a business expense. And it's local, so. It is. Oh, actually, there was something here. 
It says the Satanic Temple is proud to present SatanCon 2023, our in-person conference for congregations, campaigns, members, and supporters. This event is dedicated to Boston Mayor Michelle Wu for her unconstitutional efforts to keep the Satan Temple out of Boston's public spaces. <laughs> oh, SatanCon will be in historic downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Love it. Gotta love it. Attendees will enjoy lectures and panels presented by our campaigns and congregations, as well as evening entertainment and a satanic marketplace. It's got a little makata. We have to go. (laughs) Do it for the pod, right? That's all we always keep saying. Do it for the pod. It's for the pod, guys. I'm not going to lie. I might ask my brother if he's interested. (laughs) They have like merch that's just like Hail Satan and all this stuff, but they have erected like statues and stuff that are like a satanic symbolism statue or like you know devil man with horns or something right and they've erected statues in public places and like the whole point of it is that like they advocate for separation of church and state if religious you know or catholic statues are allowed to be put up they're like oh you know an equal statue should be allowed to be put up for different religions no matter what the religion even if it's right satanism like their whole mission and whatnot is not like it's not culty behavior believing in the devil as you would think it's truly activism disguised in this way and i think it brings out a reaction in people which is their point i think just with the word satan or satanic they think you're out, like obviously doing like the devil's work, but if you really like research it, another podcast I listened to talked about it, and it's not what you think at all, like not at all. <laughs> no, there's no like no little cult thing going on. There's no satanic panic, none of that. People not like you know not sacrificing animals to the devil, none of that. <laughs> to wrap up with our mental health segment. Keep it Valentine's themed, sort of. We'll kind of stay on that path. And for me, it's going to be not getting caught up in consumerism and materialistic things and things, capitalism and things that we're supposed to do because the fucking, I don't know, the Hershey company at some point wanted to sell more chocolates. So they decided that everybody needed a chocolate bar for Valentine's Day. And I just think. It's hard to do to like pull yourself out of it because every like if we all pulled out of it, it'd be one thing. But, you know, with me, with kids, it's very hard. So like my daughter sees it at school and all of that, you know, like I'm I'm like the freaking room parent in her classroom coordinating a Valentine's party for her as we speak. So you have to participate. Like, you know, the teacher asked me to plan this party for the children and i'm like okay i'm not gonna sit there and give her a a <laughs> lesson on satanism <laughs> satanic cults so i ha- I end up having to do it so i try to do it in a way that's either more sustainable or not so much feeding into junk basically like if, if you just go on amazon right now and you just google because i was like all right i need to get valentine cards she can't be the one kid that's not sending in valentine cards for her friends so i'm like whatever so i'm trying to go and buy stuff but like you see the shit that's out there like if you go on amazon you're just like valentine's it's it's evolved first of all everything has evolved since we were kids so it used to be just a card like you'd write on this like simple little tiny piece of paper basically You'd write to Kelly from Melissa. Happy Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. was on the card, right? And like everything has gotten so much crazier now where it's like people are getting like full goodie bags worth of shit. It's crazy. I've tried to dial that back because that's what you see on Amazon when you go and look. It's just plastic crap. But like I don't want to receive it because I'm just going to throw it in the trash. I don't want to buy it to give to other people to throw in the trash. So it's just like, let's just kill that nix the plastic i hate to call it but it's just junk it's junk it's junk these little things that they have for these holidays you know like easter it's always like the 
little plastic bunny, you know, all that stuff. It's just, it's just junk. <laughs> it's junk for the yeah. sake of making fucking junk. And it's like, it's bringing joy to no one. The kids would be no wiser if we, if none of that stuff existed, but like the parents keep buying it and giving it. And it's like, yeah, oh, it just drives know. me nuts. People just think Valentine's Day is just another, like another day. Like they can know what Valentine's Day is. They wouldn't, they don't know that like you buy, like they don't, you know, they, they know Christmas, they know Santa, Santa gives them gifts, but they know that because of what? Because of us as parents or what they see in school, what they see in movies. But kids don't know. Like, they would just think, like, Christmas is just Christmas. It's just another day. I get it off from school. Like, the the whys of it all. Like, if, if you had to ask, like, five whys is, like, how you get to, like, a root cause of something. So, like, if you had to ask the five whys or you're just like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day. And this is what we do on Valentine's Day. We give out cards and chocolates. And you'd be like, why? Uh, because some guy wrote a letter to his wife from jail. And the Hershey company wanted to sell more chocolates. And the birds were mating. Proposing. <laughs> the birds were proposing and mating. And some guy skinned a goat and he whacked a lady with the goat skin hide. Boom. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Boom. Valentine's Day. And you're just like, wait, what? why why are we doing this it's so crazy we like love those valentine's day parties (laughs) at school that just gave me such like memories of them when you just said you were planning your daughters like we loved ours i know (laughs) because you always like hope that you got your little card from your crush i know but they're giving them to like the whole class it's not like you're just crush rating out one valentine to you it's like the whole class is getting a valentine card from every other kid in the class like why are we doing this so i remember a few years back you picking up your daughter from preschool and we were facetiming i was you were home already with her and we were facetiming and i believe it was valentine's day i don't know if you remember this and we were facetiming and you showed me all the stuff she got on Valentine's Day, she had like a basket of just candy, crap, <laughs> plastic rings, and more crap. <laughs> what are you just gonna do with all that? It's just all gonna go in the trash. Parents go all out. Parents were bringing in. This was more so at her old school. Now that she's mm-hmm. in, she's in like public school now, and it's different. But when she was in like daycare facility. The parents were unreal. On their kid's birthday, they would send goodie bags for all the other kids. On her birthday, (laughs) I had to make goodie bags for all the other kids and send it in. Like, what? Yeah, that. Why? That's a little ridiculous. (laughs) A goodie bag for what? You didn't do anything. You didn't. (laughs) You showed up to daycare like you do every other day. The goodie bag is like the thank you for attending a birthday party and presumably like they brought a gift to your child and you're giving a goodie bag back. So like that kid doesn't feel, you know, so they get a little something to go home with and they're not like sad that they didn't get all these gifts like the birthday kid. Yeah, that's what a goodie bag is. But, no. But at daycare? <laughs> There's no reason for it. Do they do like a little party in daycare if it's someone's birthday? They did. They did. And I had oh. to attend. You have to attend as the mother. They make you come into school. Does daycare know that parents work? I missed it for a while. And then I don't know if it was either like because I was working from home or if I had already quit my job. I can't remember the timeline, but I was able to make it to one of them. And so I finally I was like, oh, OK, like my poor kid, like she's always had the mother who doesn't show up for her birthday at daycare. And so I finally got there to it and like I had to do a presentation. I had to bring photographs of my kid and do a presentation oh, to a about the things I loved about her. I had to do a photo for every year of her life and then like talk about her at each year. 
as she walked did this like ceremonial like walk around the sun that was in the middle of the classroom your daughter just went to daycare she didn't win a pulitzer (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot (laughs) for a family at a daycare it was i had like a typed sheet of notes that i brought (laughs) oh wow this is this is all new this is new shit this is this is why everybody has anxiety because the, the expectations are so high on us now, like millennial parents and whatever, like our generation now raising our kids, the expectations are completely different than they were when, yeah. when we Keep were it kids. basic, man. And it just keeps getting worse and worse with time. Like the generation before us, like the Gen X kids, like their parents didn't even know where they were. They had to put those TV commercials <laughs> on that were like, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Hopefully in comma. <laughs> they didn't even know. They'd be like, oh, shit, I forgot I had a kid. I got to go find my kid outside. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot I had a kid. And now it's like the amount of like coddling and stuff that we're, we're doing for these kids. It's like we've sp- swung the pendulum too far in the other direction. Yeah. And it's got to be hard as a parent to not participate in that. Don't want your kids to obviously feel left out. We just need to dial it back in, in, in the ways that we can, which I think for me and how I started this off was just materialistic things like dial back all the shit that we're buying that is unnecessary just lose it because it's just junk and we're just creating junk just to throw in the trash we're wasting money and we're wasting resources (laughs) for no reason my mental health tip is pretty simple. I say all the single people celebrate Valentine's Day, hang out with your friends, get dinner, drinks, go over each other's houses, eat there together, get food together, make food together, watch a movie, enjoy each other's company. That's my tip. Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day. <laughs> But don't buy anything. But don't buy anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just hang out with your friends, cook food, drink wine, uh, go out to eat, have drinks, watch movies, go on dating apps with each other, <laughs> help each other swipe. I get very excited I know you, to just I know, like swipe I know for you. you. <laughs> very fun. <laughs> and your air, I, I I love going up your area because you got more options. <laughs> I think that wraps up our valentine's day episode so i hope everyone enjoys their valentine's but regardless of what you do go drink some wine wait to buy the chocolates when it's on sale <laughs> the next day <laughs> tomorrow yeah tomorrow go and get eat the chocolate stuff your face drink some wine and again thanks for listening and let your friends and family know about our show.